Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Jamie Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Not much, man. How are you? I am very good, and we are we're having we have a real show tonight. We, we do, we do. This is a good one. This is a really good one. Um, you all are going to like it. We're really proud um, to bring you an interview uh, about Jamie baseball tonight. So we haven't talked. Jamie baseball in a while, and they're about three weeks from the season opening, and we're going to talk to Coach Eikenberry on the show tonight, and we're both um, excited about the team. I think you're going to hear the word excited a lot, maybe too much, um, but we're both very excited. We're excited for, uh, we've been talking for months about what it means for Sunbelt baseball. Um, as always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, I should note, most of you are going to get this on Tuesday, and if you do, they're having a big happy hour Tuesday night. A uh, new company they ha- are working with, Squala. I don't know if I'm saying that right, Rob, but five to seven at the shop on Tuesday. They're going to have food, drinks. They're having a big in-store sale if you go to the happy hour. Um, I don't know. Cool stuff. And then, Rob, I don't know if you saw the bus. The, no, I did not. There's, there's a mobile fly shop now. That so they bought amazing. like an old retired UPS, like a box truck. And they've like, it's incredible. It looks incredible. <laughs> I, can't, well, I can't wait. To I'm waiting to get my sister down there because my sister, yeah. Katie, just – She's going to Banff with a bunch of her girlfriends. Okay. And I was like, oh, I had breakfast with her yesterday. I was like, oh, you should go, um, you know, you should go fishing. She's like, oh, no, we booked a guide. We're all going fly fishing. And I was oh. like, oh. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Excellent. Well, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, so well, your sister's friends, when they get home and they're really excited about it, they can go by the shop and mention the podcast and get a free sticker like everybody else. Um, so big thanks to Mossy Creek. And Yeah. I, I don't know, Rob. Anything, anything special this week? Other than that, I think we're no. I think you know. we're just I, I, you know, little peek behind the curtain. We already did the interview, so we can yep. tell, when we tell you it's good, it really yeah. is. But I hope everybody enjoys it, uh, enjoys listening as much as I enjoyed talking to Coach. Yeah, and it was good to see basketball get back on the rails a little bit this weekend. It was. Um, it was. Well, Men's basketball. I know that was tough. Yes. Well, I know. I know. I, I, women will be fine. I feel like they will. You know, um, the men's team though. I was really glad, and especially after they blew the lead, and then. You know, I don't know. They finished it off. Yep. I, I, I don't know, Rob. I'm starting to see signs of, like, they're starting to figure out the rotation that we talked about a little bit, too. Doesn't it seem like that? They've won four out of five. It's yeah, been... and there's a little bit of, like, I feel like they're letting Offram be himself a little bit more. That's helping yeah. a lot. You know, and just, I don't know. We, we knew Friedel wasn't going to, like, not make shots forever. Like he had a sequence the other night with a couple rebounds and then a big shot that was yeah, just amazing. Yeah, and I'm like, these guys are too good as shooters to miss forever. Yep. So, yeah, that's cool. But this one's about baseball. Everybody enjoy it. And Rob, I will talk to you next week. Yep, have a good week, everybody. Go Dukes. And welcome back to the JV Sports Blog Podcast. Um, Todd and Rob are thrilled tonight to be joined by a very special guest, our first one of 2023. Um, we're really happy to talk to the coach of a program that I think Rob and I have both, Rob, I think it's fair to say this has been one of our like quietly most excited things about the conference change. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're really thrilled to be joined by Coach Eikenberry from JMU Baseball. Welcome, Coach. I appreciate you guys having me on tonight. <laughs> we're excited about the Diamond Dukes, and we're certainly excited um, for what the Sun Belt means. Uh, I guess we'll just start there, Coach. I mean, bef- yeah, this is a crazy uh, – Is I'll start it this way. 
it seems to us as fans from the outside that uh, moving from the old conference to the Sun Belt seems like a big change. Um, is it as big of a change as it feels like to us on the outside? <laughs> no, it, it is. It is. I mean, you know, obviously different, different, different geographical locations, different coaches, different leagues, uh, learning different styles of play from, from different teams that we traditionally don't play. I mean, obviously Old Dominion and Marshall are, are two teams, you know, Old Dominion's been yeah. a team that, you know, was, was in the old CA um, way back when. And, you know, it was a good, it was a good rivalry. You look at the old CA from, from, way back when I, I started my coaching career at William and Mary and, you know, it was basically, you know, from George Mason to UNCW and you never took a trip more than four hours. So, um, and East Carolina was in that league too, back when I first started coaching. So, oh, yeah, a, I mean, at one point it was a, I mean, I was ranked the third best baseball uh, league in the country back in the wow. late nineties. And, uh, you know, just to see kind of how it evolved over the years. And then going into the Sun Belt is, is an unbelievable, unbelievable league when you look at the teams that are in it. And, you know, potentially the, there's, they were looking at it from last year. There were four, I think, four regional appearance teams and could have mm -hmm. possibly been a fifth if Old Dominion would have got in last year. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, powers like Georgia Southern and, and Southern Miss yes. and, and teams like that, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a good challenge, but also, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a, a great, great league to be in. Nice. Yeah, Coach, we've, we've been – like once the move was announced to the Sun Belt, we reached out and had a series of conversations with other Sun Belt fan podcasts. And one thing that really became clear was the passion this league has for baseball. And you look at, you know, just going around trying to get excited. There's season ticket sales and people really getting – What in addition to the, the, you know, the more travel, are you guys looking forward to just playing for one of the most passionate fan bases uh, in terms of a conference? Yeah, I think you know it's there's there's a big difference between playing in front of you know seven thousand fans and playing in front of two hundred fans, you know, and yeah. it gets the juices flowing when our guys you know get a chance to go to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and yeah. get a chance to go play at you know at Georgia Southern, and and you know that's that's something that's going to be be different, um, you know, in in the context of just the geographical logistics of the season, which we're we're, we're going through right now, but uh, you know, I think you know we've been very fortunate to open up some really neat places in the last few years at UNC and then that, that was the COVID year 2021 where we didn't we didn't really realize we were going to open up against UNC until one of their teams backed out and then putting our guys in the, in, in, in the Florida State environment last year and getting a chance to go back there this year I think that prepares us for you know Sunbelt play and kind of the uh the heckling that goes along with being a being a, being a baseball coach and and being a baseball player so uh, you know I think there's gonna be a lot of un unwritten stories that are going to be kind of fun to see at the end of the year of how our guys respond to uh, respond to the challenge. Can you talk yeah. about the schedule a bit? Cause we're looking at, this is a murderer's row type thing. Like there are no easy outs here. As you mentioned, you start in just a couple weeks down in Tallahassee, three game set Florida state. Um, but then you've got teams like, you know, Virginia tech, VCU, Maryland uh, out of conference that all played in the tournament last year. And then obviously I think you've got five teams from the belt if you include Southern Miss, you know, that, that played in the tournament last year, like what's it like in terms of, um, does this change your scheduling philosophy with regard to out of conference? Now that you're in the Sun Belt, do you feel like you need to really raise it even more or do you try to schedule some more winnable games? Like what's that approach like going into the scheduling? You know, you know, we like, like, like everybody else's JMU fans, we found out all of conference in October that we're making this change. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I tell people, people don't realize that, we're looking at 2025 scheduling right now. So we're, we're already oh, wow. two, two years out on scheduling for baseball. So when I scheduled this schedule, you know, I, my, my initial 
out of conference was that we were in the, we were in the CAA and and um, you know when you do out of conference scheduling midweeks you, you it's it, they're different because you logistically you want to play within you know basically a two hour radius of, of Harrisburg mm-hmm. Virginia for midweek games which puts you in play with you know the UVA the Virginia Tech the Maryland's the George Masons the VCU's the Richmond's you know you get to play a really good out of conference schedule already just being a two hour two hour radius of, of Harrisonburg. Um, but then when you add in, you know, the, the RPI and the RPI of what this conference is going to do for us, I mean, we, we were looking at it, you know, it, you know, as, as, as head coaches all in the Sun Belt, you know, looking across the table going, our RPI is going to be elevated just by our out-of-conference schedule. And, wow. you know, when we, when we look at out-of-conference scheduling and open a weekend, obviously you roll the dice by playing in Virginia open a weekend in February 15th, 16th of, of weather. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and in a perfect world, in a perfect world, we, we scheduled, you know, I think it was three or four years ago, Florida state back-to-back years. Now there's some underlying stories with link Jared being the new head coach. I played against link, uh, in 1990 yeah. in 1992, um, yeah. when he played at Florida state. Um, and then what's, and I kind of have a, it's kind of interesting. I, 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 um, kind of have a passion for playing down there in the context of their fan base is such a, such an electric fan base to put our guys in um early in the year but i opened up as a player in my freshman year against florida state and then my first game as a head coach was against florida state um so there are some places that i i like to go opening weekend um obviously south is the priority (laughs) um but uh you know when you get a chance to play you know it kind of tells you where your team is early in the year and what you need to work on and i think that's really beneficial for our guys as we open up in the Sun Belt where we'll know after the first weekend kind of exactly where where we where where our deficiencies are and where our where our strengths are and that's that's part of the early season as well as trying to win as many games as possible. Nice. Yeah. And and for for fans out there, uh the home opener is Tuesday the twenty first against George Mason, I think. Uh which is probably like what is it? Like three weeks from when most people will be listening to this. Wow, it's really getting close. <laughs> um, Coach, uh, I, we, we got to ask you about the roster in general. Um, you know, last year everybody kind of paid attention to one big name on the team, uh, at least before the season. Uh, I think everybody was aware. Um, but this year I think we're excited to kind of hear from you what parts of the roster you're most excited for, like who's going to lead this team. Well, you know, it's, it's with the COVID year, we have one more basically. I say COVID leftovers in the senior mm-hmm. class, um, which is this current senior class now. The the grad students and the fifth year guys, the Trayvon Dabneys, the Kyle Novaks, the Liam Grubbs. Um, you know, when you look at the Carson Bells of the world, they've played a lot of baseball for JMU, and uh, and having those guys in the dugout and back for a fifth year kind of gives you kind of a, uh, more of a settling feeling that these guys have been battle tested. And if you look at our last three years, they've been very, very untraditional when you see our last three years, I mean, you know, to, from 2020 being shut down, you know, being 10 and six and then having to tell yeah. our guys to go home for the, for the year was, was very hard. And then, and then coming back in 2021 and, and having to go through all the COVID protocols. And mm-hmm. really I tell people the 2021 season, we've only played one weekend with our team and that was the college of Charleston at home. Every yeah. other every other weekend, let's flip a coin on who was going to be either quarantined, um, not yeah. you know, and, and not be available. And I mean, shoot, in twenty twenty one, I played my starting catcher at second base for several games. <laughs> um, so that, that was a very bizarre year in in that context. And then last year, you look at you know we had a bunch of fifth year seniors come back, and 
to have to have the CA say, "Hey, you can't play for a conference championship." Yeah. Um, you know, these guys have been these guys these guys have been through some 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 adversity, which not every college athlete can say they 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 go through it. And I've just been spending it as as what what's going to make them better down the road, even life after baseball is the adversity they've been through. But going into this conference is going to be a lot of fun because our guys have handled adversity pretty well. Um, but when you look at those fifth-year guys that came back, we added uh, Jack Cohn, who was a grad student um, who played four years at Wayman Mary. And, and then we added a, a transfer, which, you know, is a really good story, in, in Jalen Lee from EMU. Good. I was going to um, ask you about that. Nice. Yeah, no. And, and people don't know a lot, a lot about Jay, but Jay, Jay brings a ton of energy. And, and, and as I tell everybody, you know, Jaylon has hit at every level he's played at. I mean, he hit it in the Valley League both summers. He hit at EMU, and his story is pretty unique because he only started playing baseball when he was a freshman in high school. Uh-huh. Um, and he came to one of our camps in October of his senior year. And you know, at that time, we were kind of done with our outfield recruiting, and he just said, "I just want to play a chance to play." And I kind of pointed to the EMU coach. I was like, "You need to go talk to those guys." And you know, he developed over the four years there. And you got to give a lot of kudos to, the, to their development program and how good he's gotten. And I tell you what, he's, he's, he's put on a show this preseason already and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, showing that, Hey, he can hit at this level. And, you know, we have a TR Williams, who's a local product that went to Virginia tech and then transferred here last year. Who's a, who's a pitcher. But, you know, one of the things about last year that makes it so unique is Donovan Burke, who got hurt early in the year and ended up having Tommy John surgery is back full healthy now, Mm -hmm. um, which, I told everybody if Donovan Burke stayed healthy, it changes our trajectory of last year easily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at his numbers speak for themselves. And and then, you know, having Chase go down middle of the year last year changed everything a little bit in our offense. I'll change everything a lot. Not I'm going to say a little mm-hmm. bit. You have to, one of the best players in the country go down. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You can't first really round from that. That's yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's and, and so so those guys have been very good. You know those transfers we've got have been very good additions. But you have Ryan Murphy coming off of a great um, a great summer and great year for us last year. And you know our pitching staff is going to be uh, I'd say kind of the sleeper part that people don't realize how good our pitching staff really is. It's it's very very talented. Um, and we add and we add experience almost at every position except for one or two. Um, uh, we'll probably start a freshman at second base named Michael Mancini, who uh, played uh, won the Little League World Series in 2016. So, ah, no um, you know, a left-handed hitting freshman that can really play baseball. And, you know, you got Mason Dunaway at shortstop, who's who's a senior. And uh, Coleman Calabrese, who's a sophomore, got thrown to the Wolves last year when we had some injuries. And he played. he's going to be at third base. And Jason Schiavone, who beat out every catcher we had last year to, to be our starting catcher, Mm-hmm. Um, as a sophomore who's who's played a lot of baseball in one calendar year. Um, and then you add in the outfield, Trayvon Dabney will be in left, Jack Cohn will be in center, and uh, Fenwick Trimble in right with Jalon Lee being kind of the fourth outfielder in, in, in DH. And we're returning the all-CA first conference team, DH, and, and Ryan Dooley. And you got Carson Bell in the mix there. So, you know, we got some depth and some and, and some and some really, you know, good uh, good additions um, to what we already had that's making us even better. And Dooley and Trimble are young, right? Weren't they freshmen last year? They were, yes. Yeah, so I mean, it sounds like you got a good mix of experience with some up-and-coming talent. So, um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it, personally. It's fun. Can you explain a little bit, Coach? We know, as Todd mentioned, there's a lot of people who are big baseball fans who are, consider themselves more major league baseball fans and are dipping their toes into the world of college baseball the past couple of years. I know the College World Series has been doing gangbusters ratings. And now with the whole um, – 
Sunbelt move. We've talked to a lot of JMU fans that are like, this is it. This is the team that I'm jumping all in and I want to become a fan. Can you talk a little bit about like the weekday versus weekend starters and some of the things that make college baseball unique? Well, yeah, you know, you look at the weekend starters are kind of the ones you think are one, two, three, and then the midweeks are, are, are a, um, are a, you know, a younger arm or maybe platoon arms that are younger. Um, we don't see it that way though. We see it as, we says when you're playing a Maryland on a Tuesday, you want to win that game. So we're very fortunate to to roll out basically. And I, I, I'm not afraid to say this, but our rotation is is pretty solid. And, and Jack Cohn's a two way guy who pitched a lot at William Mary, and and so he'll be our midweek starter as a fifth year guy, which gives us a great great opportunity to win midweek games and, and let him play center. You know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and let him start on the midweek games. But we have some young arms too that are that I think are just as good as our our returning guys. Um, you know, a freshman named Kevin Scully and and and, and Jaden Kinsler are the two that are gonna kinda of stick out right now as as kind of, you know, I, I was talking to you know, our people about them in the sense that they remind me of you know, of the early two thousand arms that, that JMU had back in the day when they had uh when they had the Doyle brothers and, and they had um you know the, the guys they had. Um uh, we and we have a closer that kinda of reminds me of, of Kevin Munson who um you know is it was a starter for us who's who's a, who's a junior this year that That'll run it up there pretty well too, with, with the best of them. So, you know, the depth of our pitching staff, I think, is is kind of a, is kind of something that people haven't seen because last year we had five fifth year arms that pitched a lot for us, mm-hmm. and and so these guys have kind of been waiting in the wings, and now now they're hungry to get out there and and really show show what they're they're capable of doing. That's cool to hear, um, coach. On the um, on the, you mentioned some of the guys last year. I, you know. What was it like to have such a enormous like attention on uh, you know to have a prospect at JMU that was a you know considered you know a first round guy was was that a lot of fun to coach? And, well, yeah, yeah. I, I always say my most depressing day in coaching was the day he got hurt. Um, yeah, uh-huh. and it wasn't because it, 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 yeah. it, it wasn't because of anything other than how much fun it was to watch a, a player like Chase play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everybody likes to see players like that. You know, you can look back over the years. I and mean, I've had a first-rounder before, and I've had many, many guys get drafted. But, you know, when Chase was in the lineup, I think it was something like a, a three- or five-run run differential already yeah. out of the game. Yeah. And I, I joked around with him about this. So when we went to Tennessee last year and we played them, they were number one in the country. And we got off the bus, and there was a crowd of people that wanted Chase's autograph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he wasn't playing. He was in concussion protocol. Right. And I'm like, I, I've never seen that like that before ever. I'm like, this is crazy. Um, but just the, 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 what, what kind of was interesting about watching him play was he would do things that made it look so easy. Um, and I think after the Elon series, I had a couple of scouts tell me he could possibly go one, one to one five. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, that's unbelievable. You know, here's a kid, <laughs> here's a kid that is so humble. I mean, such a, you want to talk about a loyal JMU guy, mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. Like I mean, he he was he he loves JMU. He's been back, you know, obviously a bunch this uh, this fall and in the winter, and and uh, you know, here's a guy that you know just went out there and played ball, and and really he handled the, the he handled the the spotlight about as I mean, on it, I'd say about as good as anybody I've ever seen, and more importantly, it didn't it didn't bother him. The only thing that bothered him, and people don't realize this, was he was terrible open weekend for three years for us. He was ter- mm-hmm. it was terrible at NC State as a freshman. He no. was terrible at UNC, and he was <laughs> terrible at, at Florida State. Yeah. And everybody was banking on those weekends. And I said, "Listen, we're we're coming out of thirty and forty degree weather 
and yeah. we're in, 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 we're some days we're having to practice inside, some days we're practicing outside. And then you roll it in and see a 94, 95 out of the gate. With plus <laughs> of course, anybody's going to struggle. But the, but the best part about Chase was nobody realizes when he was in the Cape Cod League, he went one for like 24 or 25 oh. in the Cape Cod League. And he ended up hitting 289 and with like nine bolts at the Cape Cod League. And I'm like, yeah. think about that for a second. What did he hit from at yeah, from number 26? Yeah. And, and so, he, as I say, just watching him go about his business and watching him learn the game and develop and – Having to handle the the limelight like he did, it was was super impressive. So, so did, cool. did you guys have a lot of scouts around the team last year, or was a lot of it? I know he blew up in the Cape Cod League. Is a lot of that done, you know, in the summer leagues, or did you have a lot of guys come to see practice, come to see games? We probably had anywhere from fifteen to twenty scouts at every practice in the preseason. Wow, wow. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, and, and and I wouldn't say crazy in the sense of like bad. It was just like guys wanted to see him. I mean, I mean, we this 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 sums it up right here. And I and I asked the scout like, "What are you doing? Like, what are you?" Do? We were in pitcher versus hitter indoor like our first weekend, January twenty whatever it was, the first weekend we could go, you know, full team practice, and we had scouts showing up to watch him hit pitcher versus hitter live indoors. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I look right at the scout. I'm like, "What are you doing? Right, right. Like, what, go be with your family right now. You won't, we're not gonna play for another month." Right. And, and he started laughing because I just wanted to see him, you know. And I'm like, and this was like, this was a national cross checker. Right. He's, he's a good friend of mine, but I, I could say that to him because I'm like, what are you, what, like, what are you getting out? Of, what are you getting out of this? That you're not going to see next week, or see on video, or see on on the on the world that everybody's going to be seeing. And and sure enough, you know, it was fun to watch him kind of, you know, struggle opening weekend, and then all of a sudden, boom, he took off. And people always ask me like, what was his like, what was the thing about him? And just his hands and eyes, his barrel control. I mean, and his power. People didn't realize, I mean, how much power. And people who come to Eagle Field, I tell people all the time, he hit a ball on the road in BP one time. Oh. And, oh. and we did the Google Maps at like four. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Like <laughs> and yeah. and I, I knew he hit it a lot because I, I was standing at the cage, and, I, and it was a during batting practice, and I knew he hit a long way because I saw it, like, pop up high. And I'm like, oh, did they hit a rock? I'm like, oh, <laughs> they hit the road. The road. And I was oh. like, holy moly. It felt like some the frat houses across the street. I was like, wow. <laughs> um, but that, the, the hype of Chase was just was fun to be around. But more importantly, like we went to uh, Hofstra at the end of the year and, and they were all hoping that like Hofstra players were asking me like, hey, is Chase here? Is Chase here? Come, we want to see him take BP. We want to see, you know, uh, and I was just like, man, and I think a lot of fans and a lot of a lot of opposing teams were just kind of, you know, upset when he did have that freak injury that he had. I mean, yeah, running to second base and. Yeah, you know, he thought he had broke a spike on the bottom of his, of his foot, and then realized that he actually broke a bone. That yeah. was kind of like, and then thirty minutes later, we get walked off by College Charleston. I'm sitting there saying, you know, these guys have been through these guys. This, this team has been through the ringer to have this happen. Yeah, um, they, our guys handled it well. I mean, and I look at last year's like more of a, a character building year because we had nothing really to play for. We weren't playing for you know, but each other, and we still came out with a winning season in league, a winning season in conference, and. And you know, finishing our, our our time in the CAA by not being able to play in a tournament, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people don't realize how 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 challenging that was for our guys. But our guys did a great job with it, and, and it was fun to fun to fun, it was fun to take that journey with them. Yeah, so. we've I got to tell you, it, it's just that's been the most frustrating thing talking to all the JMU coaches um, in the last year was that part of it. Right? I know talking to Coach O'Regan from women's basketball was the same thing. He was like, once we started losing a couple of games, we just couldn't get it. You know, yeah, it's impossible to be yeah. motivated at the same level. You know, well, um, and, and when you don't have that postseason ahead of you, 
and yeah. and and I and I scheduled the schedule the way I scheduled a couple of years in advance, and it kind of as I was looking at the schedule, I looked at it going, well, if we stay healthy, you know, and we do the things we do, we might be able to we might be able to squeeze out forty wins and 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 be a one or two in the in the CAA, yeah, and still get an at large. And what a great, I mean, I, I what a great story that would have been, you know, sure. if everybody would stayed healthy and and losing Burke. People don't realize how how big losing Burke was because Burke. Donovan Burke is, is is a nasty, nasty pitcher. And I, I tell people that all the time. He's got some of the best stuff I've ever had in, as a pitcher oh, uh, in all my years of coaching. And, and just if he can stay consistent, then uh, – and nobody can hit him. But now he's back healthy as, as, as a guy for us. And, you know, having that rotation the way it is locked in, I think, you know, you know we've had to – you know, this, this offseason and we had to hire, you know, some new people and I hired two new assistants. And they've been unbelievable for us in, 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 our, in our offensive okay. approach. And – it's been a lot of fun to have those guys around and see, you know, how the, our guys have responded to those new coaches. Good. Coach, what are your thoughts on analytics? I know that's changing baseball at all levels. Like, what is that? Um, do you use them at all as a program in terms of setting up for lineup decisions or things like that or in recruiting? Like, what's your approach to analytics versus more traditional, you know, um, eyes on the players? Sort of well, I tell you what, it, um, <laughs> one, it's been something I've had to learn a lot of. And it's been great. It's been great in the context of, of what it's told us. Now, you know, you hear the old scouts, you know, talk about, you know, Nolan Ryan and hearing his fastball and, yeah. you know, you see spin rate now and you're like, well, wonder what Nolan Ryan's spin rate really was, you know, like, okay. Um, and then you look at, you know, track man and the, the different, different, the different uh, tunneling is a new thing, not a new thing, but tunneling is a, is a, is a thing that you, with, with, with the slow-mo cameras and stuff and mm-hmm. really seeing what pitches do with the angles and the spins and things like that. So to answer your question, yes, we use it a lot. Um, we have, we have an analytical group, it's all student-based. Um, oh, cool. And it's very cool because it started off with a guy named Stephen Nagy who graduated, uh, I think three years ago. And then um, I have uh and Steven's working, I believe, in, is, is scouting in scouting with the Cubs. I believe that's who he's with now. Um, and then it was kind of it was kind of passed down to a, a, a young man named Camden Kay, who I know very well, who who went to Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas and chose JMU over many schools just because of because of our relationship. But he was a manager that took physics and took our analytical team, you know, to another level, and he passed it down to now our director of analytics, which is Hudson Halling. And they'll meet together as a as a student base and give us information and come back to Coach Jackson and myself and say, hey, this is what, you know, we, we, we'll ask them for things and they'll give it to me. And I'll never forget Stephen Nagy years ago walking in my office going, hey, I think this should be your lineup based on analytics. <laughs> I looked at him like, you're crazy. <laughs> he goes, no. And then he told me the why. And I'm like, you know what? It makes sense. And it was all, and it, and it was all based on run, like run production, and 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 things that he had kind of put together in the analytical world. So we have we have this kind of kind of a, a, a team of people that um, have have been that have learned a lot of stuff. But like you know, we we still know a lot of it. And when it comes to you know mm-hmm. scouting, there's a there's a company called Synergy out there that every college baseball program has, mm-hmm. where yeah. we can look at every pitch and every count of all of our opponents. And it shows the video with the pitch and the velocity. And it, basically we have to send it in at the end of each game and of, of pitching charts in the video and they, they tag it. And so there, there are no secrets anymore. There are no, you know, yeah. 
you know, I, I joked around with Jalen Lee. I was like, I don't know if they had synergy at uh, EMU, but you know, you you might be lucky the first couple of weeks. Nobody's gonna know what you got, but you got about three weeks, and then you have to start making some serious adjustments because yeah. the <laughs> scouting report will be out. Um, but that's uh, that's the that's the 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 neat thing about where college softball and college baseball has come more mm-hmm. and more is just that there's so much video. There's TrackMan. There's you know, all this different data out there. We use a company called Rapsodo for our, our, our pitching in-house pitching um, data. And um, coach Jackson does a great job with teaching our pitchers kind of what pitches they need to use and when. That's really cool to hear. I had no idea that it's that. Yeah. And I, I wonder, do you feel like, um, you know, I guess at the pro level, like you kind of, I mean, there's so much data available to on every player that, it's, it's a lot, but yeah, I guess you're going to have a couple players <laughs> that, I don't know, you, you don't want to lose their development either or bet on them based on past performance entirely, I guess. Well, it's, but, you know, some, some of the things yeah. I think is good is, is you, you, as a coach, you mm-hmm. got to have some feel with this. You can't, yeah. you can't paralyze a guy with data, but at the same time, you want to give them some good feedback on why they do what they do. No. Now, I'll give you a great example. We had a kid, you know, in COVID year, senior year was 2020, a kid named Brett Ayer. Um, and Brett Ayer was a five foot ten left handed pitcher throwing eighty six to eighty nine, and you know he he was a young man that you look at his numbers over his his career at JMU, and I used to get so mad like when he he was a, he was a walk on um, tryout guy that made our club, and I gave him the fall to make the team, and he's striking out all of our best hitters throwing belt high fastballs, mm-hmm. and I was like I, I was getting mad going why 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 is he striking out at eighty nine belt high, well. We come to find out after we put him on the rap soto and stuff, his spin rate was above above the major league average. Mm. He threw from a lower slot, so it looked like the ball was actually rising. Yeah, and and we, we put him in a game with bases loaded his first out first week at a high point. I think this was uh, I think 2000. I want to say it was either 2019, maybe I think it was. And he comes yeah. and strikes out the side on nothing but fastballs, and I'm like, well, there you go. The data doesn't lie. Here it is. You know, he throws an above average spin rate from a low slot, and it looks like it's rising. So, do you find yeah. that the players nowadays come to college with an understanding of those things, maybe a little more? Because I know, like, it's even pushed down to the youth level. My my son's club uses, you know, exit velo and spin rate and that stuff, starting in seventh eighth grade. Yeah, I think it does, and I think sometimes you know you got to be very you got to be very careful on what they're getting their data from. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then not not in a bad way. I'm just saying that no, you no. know I, I say this all the time. It's great, and this is I say this to a lot of people all the time. You know, there's so many more indoor places now to go hit. There's so many more indoor places to go throw than there was 10, 15 years ago. Yep. But when people go to the indoor place, it's usually run by a, a, a third party instructor or an organization. Yep. And I tell this to our, our, our freshmen that come here when they have to go home for, for break. I'm like, hey, when you go to your indoor place, everybody wants to feel good. They throw batting practice, underhand flips, whatever. Nobody sets the machine up at 92 miles an hour on an hour of third for indoor indoor work. <laughs> right. you know? and, so, and so I joke around about it. I'm like, well, that's what you're going to see in, in, in college baseball is plus breaking balls and plus fastballs. So you better be able to, be able to hit it with <laughs> plus exit velocity. Um, and when sometimes we get guys who get X velocity off of a ball off a tee, and I'm like, well, is that, is that really yeah. true data? Yeah. So I, I, I give our guys a little bit of the, the, the good and the bad um, when it comes to that. But I, I tell you what, it, you're right. It is. And, and even just, you know, I try to keep it as simple as possible because the guys we're getting are the best of the best. I'll tell you, I joke around with our hitters all the time because none of them had to bunt in high school. 
Yeah. They were all the, yeah, they were the power hitter, right? Yeah, yeah the three, yeah. four, two, three, four hitters. Were there. Yeah. I ain't yeah. one. This guy made a double or home run. <laughs> teaching a high school, college caliber hitter to bunt oh. is is about as 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 painful as it comes in teaching anything, because they've never had to do it, and you probably, you probably didn't play for a coach that believed in it because they're the best hitter. So they're like, "Wow, well, I never had to bunt, so why am I yeah. learning it now?" Well, I'm like, "Well, here's something why you're learning. You're learning to play team baseball, team offense. Yeah. You know, scoring yeah. runs is our number one priority, not not you hitting doubles and home runs." So. We got we've we got a man on third, and we're facing a plus slider guy, Trayvon Dabney, who price you know would be would be get a ton of sliders. It has to be able to be able to push bunt that 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 run in, or you know hit a fly ball or whatever. So there's a lot of, yeah. lot, a lot of strategic stuff that goes involved in playing offense now with data. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, Rob, I was thinking, who's the guy from your high school that was the submarine pitcher? Oh, Mike Venafro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and like many years of the show, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah like came out of JMU, like switched to the bullpen his senior year, did all right, and then uh, I mean they don't really have this nowadays, but he was a left-handed situational reliever for like four years in the bigs. So. Yeah, and, I, he, and I've actually talked to him uh, several times, and it, he he just dropped down for fun. Yeah, in one of the games, and the coach was like, "You got to stay there." Yeah, because <laughs> nobody could hit it. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and that's, you know, that's, that, that's, we, we have a guy like that with Sean Culkin, who's a senior pitcher for us. We, uh, was an overhand guy, um, six foot four and we we were, we were doing some bunt defensive stuff. And this was like two years ago and he ran across to third base and grabbed the ball and threw it from a low three quarter slot. And I, I look right at coach Jackson. I'm like, we need to drop him down. <laughs> now he's filthy from down there. So it's like, yeah, that's, uh, that's those are the those those are the fun fun tidbits of coaching when you can make a player better by changing something here and there and that's uh you know that's something that you you know we do with some guys but I tell you what we didn't do we didn't say a word to Chase Delar about his swing I tell you that <laughs> well it was funny we owe Chase I, I guess a big thank you too because um when, like Rob said when we started uh, when the announcement was made we immediately started calling other Sunbelt schools and being like hey can we do a kind of you know, podcasting with you guys. And I don't know who it was, Rob, but I don't know if it was the Southern Miss guys or Louisiana. Guys, yeah. yeah, they were immediately like, oh, we'll talk to you all you can if you could talk about Chase DeLauder. <laughs> and Rob and I were like, we don't know anything. We want to talk about football. <laughs> you know, uh, but that it was, it's really funny. Coach, um, with the combination of Chase and then the Sun Belt move, um, does that change your recruiting philosophy? Are you still focused? You get a lot of players. We're in a pretty good area, you know, not, not only the Valley, but kind of the Mid-Atlantic. Does it does that expand your recruiting, or does it just give you the opportunity to really kind of double down on the region that you're targeting now? No, it's opened up a lot of different. I mean, it's been it's opened up a lot of different um, areas of the country for us that people wouldn't realize. You know, I mean, from from Louisiana to, to Florida to Georgia, you know, there's been there's it's really opened up our 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 demographics of and geographical footprint that we're in of the players that we now have, have a sincere interest in JMU. Um, and I, and I, 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 sometimes I think about this, you know, in the context of, you know, like the state of North Carolina is a very good state. Right. And, and we've got s- several opportunities to recruit some kids out of there. And we've got a few commitments from, from that state. Um, but, uh, but that's just because of our, our, our ability to kind of go into the Sun Belt. A lot of people know what the Sun Belt is all about in baseball. 
And so, you know, there's been some, there's been some definitely some correspondence with, with recruits from other areas of the country that we would not have gotten into. That's really cool. I, I got to think that applies for you and for softball. Um, you know, both. I, just people are going to be aware of JMU in a different way than they have been in the past. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Is recruiting done mostly like over the summer through, you know, travel tournaments and showcases? Or do you send guys out on the road to your assistant coaches for high school baseball? Well, you, you know, it, it to, to see a high school game is going to kind of be a perfect storm. We either got to be so you got to be a yeah. Monday or Thursday, yeah, I mean, it yeah. off, or a Wednesday off day, or you know, whatever yeah. we're off. So we look at the calendar and look at different places where we, we need to go see guys. And, and and like I said, you know, we do go out on the road during the spring. Um, it just got to be a perfect time, perfect fit. But usually, our, our road trips in the spring are usually drivable. Um, and then uh, during the summer, it's it, it's 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 full tilt during the summer with, uh, you know, tournaments and camps and different things that we attend. Um, and then we have a, a downtime in August um, through the middle of September. And then the NCAA put in a calendar, a recruiting calendar during the summer with some dead periods and then some quiet periods, which means we can't go out on the road, but people can come to come to our camps. So from like middle of August to the, to like the, 10th of September is one, which makes mm-hmm. sense because your kids are coming to school. Your freshmen come to school. You got to yeah. get acclimated. You want your, you want your staff to be there when those kids come to school. And then literally from middle of September to middle of October, it's all we got in the fall. Um, and then we go March one back on the road. So it is okay. a, it is a shorter window than what it has been years past. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of us as, as division one coaches voted on this because we felt like, Years past, like you know, the kids never stopped playing baseball. They just kept playing, and, and I mean, and yeah. even my first class that I inherited here, um, we had a kid come in with a uh, coming in off Tommy John surgery because he went to a workout in November and decided, hey, you know what, this coach is here, this coach is here. Let me try to blow it out for Frank. you know this coach, and all of a sudden yeah. he carries his UCL. So we saw that as college coaches, as, hey, let's put in like a an ending point for our off campus recruiting to end some of this stuff that's going on and it didn't make it more camp driven during the, during the late fall and winter. And it's, it's been, it's been good, I think, um, in the context of that, but at the same time, uh, it's been harder because sometimes you may find out about a kid, but you're not gonna be able to see him until March, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now coach, you, you talked about something that's interesting to me personally, and that was, um, kind of the specialization and a lot of kids just kind of focusing in on one sport. And I guess there's some pros to that in terms of better coaching and analytics, but then there's also some people who still favor, you know, getting, getting players who play multiple sports. Where do you side on that? I love multiple sport guys. Um, Todd has heard yeah. me rant. Yes. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. Well, in our first recruiting class here, we had DJ Daniels committed with us as yeah. a mm-hmm. football baseball yeah. guy. And, um, it's, it's, it's a good story because DJ is actually playing football right now at Florida state. Mm-hmm. Um, but so DJ was when, when, when I got the job here and I got the call and Hey, we're going to recruit him as a football baseball guy. What do you think? I'm like, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I was all in, in the context of, you know, Hey, this is a great opportunity because this is a niche, right? Not every, not every school is going to allow their kids to play baseball, but if we're going to get, you know, a four-star football recruit because we're allowed to play baseball then I think it's it's a good niche and if it matches what we want then it's perfect what's so funny about the story is the context I had down in North Carolina said he was, wouldn't play for us till his junior year now this was in his summer going into his senior year when I got this when I when when these phone calls were happening yeah. and then you find out you know nine months later he's a six-round pick by the Blue Jays yeah 
and you're, I'm, I'm laughing at these guys going, and, and this is this is this is a true story. You guys will love this. <laughs> it's the spring of his senior year. He's already he's already signed his uh, his uh, national letter ten for football, and a buddy of mine who's a junior college coach down in North Carolina calls me and says, "Hey, your guy's blowing up. You might want to get down here." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "There's scouts all over him right now," and I'm like, "Okay." So I go down. I drive. I drive five hours down on a Wednesday <laughs> in between games and off day. And I go watch him play, and he looks like Bo Jackson in a baseball uniform. <laughs> and he takes a swing and hits a ball out, out out to left center. It takes about two seconds to get out of the park. And there were seven and eight scouts there, and I'm like, "Yep, that's what it looks like." Yep. And then, and then, uh, sure enough, he gets uh, he gets uh, he gets drafted by in the sixth round by the Blue Jays and signs a professional contract. And and then now he's a, I think he's a junior at 26 years old playing football at, at Florida State. Yeah, that's um, weird. Yeah, and so anyway, I tell that story because because yeah. you never know what kids are going to do. There's no science to what we do. We just kind of look and say, okay, this guy looks pretty good, and we think this is going to happen. Even those guys who said hey, he won't play till his junior year for us right. or sophomore year for us, they didn't really know what was going to happen. So there's no science to what we do. But I I like multiple sport athletes just in the context of being competitive and competing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. I think having the juices flowing on Friday night football and being able, being able to play Friday football and then turn around and you know play basketball and then, and play baseball is is a is a huge advantage when it comes to competing you know at a high level. I mean, mm-hmm. Mike Mancini was is, was a three sport athlete up in uh, Maine and Well, New York, mm-hmm. um, and so you know those those type of things I think are are, are beneficial in in development and also in, in in the in the in the in the ability to to be able to um, compete. Yeah. yeah, no, that's no. I agree, and I think physiologically, like it's just better. I think it's better for injury prevention, lower uh, repetitive stress injuries, and stuff like that. So it's good to hear. Yeah. I'm right there with you, Coach. Yeah. Well, Rob, you got anything else? I, I want to ask about Coach. What do you think? What's a successful season this year in the Sun Belt debut? Wow, well, that's, that's a loaded <laughs> question, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think, I think, you know, obviously, when we when we look at the tournament of the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. You know, one through five could possibly at, be at large teams. Yeah. And so when you look at that, our goal obviously is to be in the, in, 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 in that middle pack and be able to make mm-hmm. a run and get in that tournament and, and make a run in that tournament. And yeah. obviously every division one team's goal is to get to Omaha. Sure. Um, it's been, it's been a goal of mine since I started coaching. Um, it's a goal of our guys, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and having gone through what this team has gone through, I can't tell you that there's some there's some magic in this team, and I, I don't know why. There's no there's no chase to lauders. There's no you know, but I, I just feel that magic of like how close our guys are, how hard they work, and you know how they compete. I mean, they like to compete, and that's that's what you want to see, um, you know, in the purple and gold. And, and you know, I, I was doing logistics. I've never been to Arkansas State. I've never been to you know Southern Miss. <laughs> Yeah. I, 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 there are some, there are some underlying stories with Georgia Southern and myself because I played against Rodney Hennon. Okay. Um, we actually played to get against each other in the Southern Conference Championship in 1993 when he was nice. at Western Carolina when I was playing at VMI. And then the head coach at Old Dominion was the coach that coached that game for me and recruited me and I played oh, wow. for him for three years, it's three three and a half years. Mm-hmm. So there's some underlying, you know. Um, uh, stories with the relationships I have in the Sun Belt, but you got Coastal Carolina in there, which I, yeah. I, they were in the league I was in when I was at DMI in the Big South, and mm-hmm. and so I know a lot about Coach Gilmore and how they play, and we played them in 2017, I think it was after their national championship, we beat them at their place yeah. open weekend, and so I mean it's it's I mean it's high quality baseball, and uh, 
And, you know, the biggest thing for me is just keeping guys healthy in the preseason and staying strong throughout the entire year. And that's, that's our goal. And then I think what's so fun about the league is it's going to be the, the level of competition, the level of pitching staffs. And, and I say this, people say, well, you know, the pitch doesn't, well, Northeastern had a really good pitching staff. Elon had really good pitching staffs. So, you know, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think just being in different parts of the country that we've never been in and, and then playing in, in, as, 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 I, as you say, in front of a great fan base. Mm-hmm. And we, and, and I think our fan base is, you know, is, is going to be, you know, increased by, by having, you know, South Alabama come in, coastal Carolina. Yeah. It's just a different, different, different feel. And I, I, I'm excited for it. Yeah. It's going to be great. And, and, for, for all the fans listening, I mean, I know the ones in the Valley know this, but it, Coach, you know this. I mean, we've seen it with softball. It's a sleeping giant down there for, you know, baseball, softball fans. Well, it is. And I, joked, I joked around about this back during COVID because, yep. because you know, no during the summer of 2020, nobody played baseball hardly in, in, in the summer. Um, right. But they had the Rockingham County League. Yep. And I'm watching the highlights on, 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 on the TV <laughs> and there's like, 2000 fans sitting there yes. watching, watching yeah. a Rockingham Kennedy. I'm like, baseball is popular in this area. And no. it's just, you know, it, I think you're going to see a lot more, a lot more people coming to the ballpark. And, uh, you know, and I think it's going to be exciting. It always surprises me. I'm like, there's some hardcore, like, New Market Rebel fans around here. Like, making like, a drive, making right, a drive right, down. Exactly. Right. right. I, yeah. So. No, it's awesome. And we're looking forward to it, Coach. Uh, thank you so much for the time. Rob, I don't know if you've got anything else. No, just coach looking forward to it. Like I'm hoping to make it a couple home games scheduled. Yeah. Me, but I know I'm going to try to duck out of work early for the game at George Washington up here. I can ride my bike to George Washington's park <laughs> and uh, maybe the Maryland game. I think that's a Tuesday night game during the week. So barring my kids sports activities, I will be checking out some road games and then hopefully getting down there again, schedule permitting around my boys um, for a couple weekend games. So looking forward to it and good luck this season. Todd, yeah. Rob, thank you so much for having me, and go Dukes. Appreciate yeah. you guys. Thanks, Coach. Have a good night. <laughs> All right. Thank you. See you.